You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to All the Things, the show where we discuss all things related to God, life, and the Bible. I am Monique Dusan. And I am Krista Bontrager, also known as Theology Mom. Yes, I am also known as Monique Dusan. <laughs> The real Monique D. Let's not tell people I'm a personal business. No. <laughs> yes, on Twitter, I am the real Monique D. Welcome to tonight's show. How have you been? Um, okay. Uh, the internet broke this week. It did. We're just going to jump right in, huh? We're not even going to have any kind of warm up or nothing. Just jump on in. Oh, hmm. man, it's is rough. Yeah. It's been rough on my heart. So, yeah, I'm glad we're going to talk about it Um uh, the official button pusher of the All the Things Olympics is Mr. Robert Bontrager. Yes, he and is. There he is. And he's alone tonight. Abby ran away to homecoming. She looks so good. But the little chair behind pops. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, everyone knows also, now. <laughs> also known around our house as pops. Um, <laughs> the little chair is empty. That yes. is sad. Makes our heart sad. But we hope she has a ton of fun. At homecoming. Yes. yes. So, yes, the internet did break this week. We had people write in about the internet breaking and yes. what are our thoughts about it. Yeah. So, race, hey. forgiveness, and all the things. Race, forgiveness, and all the things. That That is, that's a title for you. Yeah. Because yeah. originally we were going to do a show of like 23 reasons why it's hard to talk about race. And yes. that was all the publicity that I did. And I created all the thumbnails and was pushing all of that. And then everything in the last 48 hours just sort of melted down. And we were like, okay, we got to do something different here. Yeah. So we rewrote the show. Yeah. So like, we hey, don't know what the title's going to be yet. We don't. don't if you have a title suggestion, yeah. you just... Yeah, that time a hug went wrong. Yeah, yes. the, the hug heard around the world. Yes, uh, yeah. yes. The, the time a hug made us uh, break out in a race discussion. Anything, yeah. anything. But for those of you who may not be familiar what we're talking with what we're talking about, we are talking about the murder situation that happened yeah. in Texas. Yeah, so we're going to get into it. Let's, let's yes. do all let's our house start, cleaning. Let's start all of that. Yeah, let's um, go. Should we do our house cleaning? Yes. Okay. So you go ahead and run us down. All right. So first house cleaning item is support the show. Yes. And Love us. Uh, just click on that share button right now. Get us out to your social media feed as we have this very important conversation yeah. about the incident in Dallas, in the Dallas courtroom about race and forgiveness and, and all of that. So just go ahead and hit on, hit that share button and help, uh, Help get the word out. And yeah. to me, it's important. It doesn't matter which side of the fence you lie on. I think yeah. it's important because there are challenges on either side. Sure. I don't think that side A has it right and all together, nor does side B, even though side B may say, hey, I know more than side A or vice versa. Yeah. There's challenge and learning and growth for everyone in the conversation. And we also want to encourage you to uh, chime in on our chat box. Uh, with your questions about race, you can do that on YouTube or on Facebook. I'll try to check those Facebook comments. In fact, Rhyme His Songs is already on there. It says, good feature on the topic of forgiveness and the Dallas murder case. Uh, our friend Juwad is is online today. He says, thank you so much for bringing this 
uh, up this sensitive topic uh, for discussion, my sweet sisters. Well, hello, Jawad. You are close to our hearts. We love you. Yes. And we are glad that you continue to turn in, uh, tune into the show. And hello, Annette. Hello. So we are glad y'all are here. We also want to mention our show sponsor, our family clothing store, Family 210. Uh, this is another great way to help support our show. In fact, we have a design of the week. I told my husband to he tries to make a design every day. And the designs are really awesome. Yeah. He really, I, he really does like, these himself. These are quality yeah. designs. So here's our favorite from this week is the word crossword cloud. So it's it's a Bob, why don't you tell us about the design? Yeah, sure. Uh so what this is, uh, this is a word cloud. Uh, taken from the first two chapters of Ephesians. And so it uh, arranges it in this pattern here. Uh, and so the larger the word, the more times it appears in, in the selection there. So uh, you see Jesus and Christ and God and together, those are appear a lot in the first two chapters. So, so yeah, it's a nice way to kind of to display that and just a nice artistic uh, design. And it's also our theme verse for the, the clothing stores, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece and you can yes. get that in a number of options there you can see you can get a hoodie uh woman's t-shirt tank top it's so winter it's winter so monique will be getting the hoodie yes i will um <laughs> no because i'm already cold it's only 70 degrees I have no time for that but um yeah i think this is by far my well i don't want to say by far i have a couple of favorites this is my favorite though i think it's so um creative and clever how you can fit, you know, all of those go, words in such a little space. Yeah, but go browse the whole store. There's a yeah. lot of designs there for people to go check out and find their favorite. And uh, some of them are even available on mugs or different things. Mm -hmm. Abby has a couple of designs in there. So go She's check quite that the out. artist. But it's a great way to help support our family as we do this ministry together each week. Yes. So. And then last week, we talked with Miss Laura Hartley. Yes. About Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's ministry, and um, why you shouldn't shop at Bath & Body Works on a <laughs> weekly basis. But maybe we should say something that we didn't say last week, which is Laura has really been a great help to you personally. Yes. And I did say that, I think, kind of. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, she's she's so sensitive and wise when it comes to budgeting. But and she's money. been kind of coaching so you. She, yeah, she has. She's definitely been coaching me and um, looking at my Bath and Body Works limit. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there again. Um <laughs> And just how do I how do I really be a good become a good steward right. of my money? And it's a passion of hers. She's really good at it. Yeah. And yeah, it's so, been extremely helpful. So we want to encourage people to catch the replay if yeah. they missed that conversation last week. And don't spend all your money at Costco or Bath and Body Works. That's <laughs> Boy, what I'm Costco. Oh, Ooh, yes. Yeah, that's like the three hundred dollars store. You can go pop there real quick. Yeah. And once again, we do want to encourage you to jump in our live chat box and uh just with your questions because we know that they're going to come up okay. i think i saw kimba in oh the chats hi hello hi hello hello yes. all right so don't, we don't forget the uh thing here don't. oh yes oh yes 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 okay so you explain what it is okay so there is this twitter page where they have you vote it's kind of like a march madness bracket but you vote for your favorite 
Christian apologist. And right now, uh, just for the next few hours, I'm actually up there uh, against some guy named Andy Bannister. I don't know who Mr. Bannister is, but the competitive part of me is um, I'm going to win. And somebody commented there. Oh. Love well comment. Oh, Theology Mom rocks. Oh, that's so nice. Yes, yes, she does. Keep voting. Share it with your friends, people. Let's get her all the way. Yes. yes. So right now I'm winning by a slight margin, but you, you have about 14 hours left to vote. So just go there and go to Twitter and look up that, that account, the 2020 Christian Apologist March Madness. They can also so. find it if they go to your Twitter account, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. So you yep. can also I have go. The address there on the screen. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So there it is. Okay, let's get into it. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna start out with a little bit of honesty and transparency. My stomach is like in knots, and my heart oh, is racing. I wow. am like, oh, this this topic. Um, and we should probably tell people this is like the first show that Monique has 100 percent produced. Like. Most of the shows, it's a collaborative effort. Collaborative but, meaning Kristen but, does a lot of it. <laughs> but she really stepped up this week is like, okay, this I want to do this and has really worked on and thought through how to how to walk us through this this conversation. So yeah, well, it, it's a, it's been a lot of work. So I can understand why you're a little nervous. All right. I, yeah. I just think it's it's a sensitive topic, but we're going to jump in. So um, let's do the setup. Yeah. So there was a guy in Texas, and we're not going to get into all of these. I'm going to say that now. This isn't um, a, a show about the trial. No. Yeah. But someone came to his door, an, a female police officer, who said that she thought she was going to her house. She got off her shift late. She had worked like 13 hours, got off of her shift, went to his house. To his apartment. To his apartment, thinking that it was her apartment. She actually lived, I believe, the floor below him. Right, in directly the same below apart- him. Like a, yeah. the same apartment, just the floor below. Right. Um. So if he was 212, she was 112. Right. And either struggled to get in, couldn't figure out the lock, somehow got in. I'm not exactly sure. There's conflicting mm-hmm. accounts, yes. whether the door was ajar or whether she had was struggling with the lock. But... Neither here nor there. What we agree on is the door open. Yes. Door became open. She saw him. She is a, a white woman. He is a black man. He was at 26. He mm-hmm. was an accountant. He was an immigrant from St. Lucia. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was just sitting there on his couch. Eating ice cream. Eating a bowl of ice cream. And, and she shot him. She shot him. Her... Her reasoning was that she thought that there was someone in her home. And so she's standing her ground and she shoots him. Right. While that he's it was self-defense. Yeah, yeah. That while he's eating his ice cream. Yeah. Um, trial happens. Long and short of it is that she's found guilty of manslaughter. Gets ten No, years. I looked it up. It, it was she, not manslaughter. It, she was guilty because I wondered that because the sentence seemed kind of on the light side to mm-hmm. me for murder. So I thought maybe she was only found guilty of manslaughter. But someone can correct me in the chat box if they have other information. I think she was convicted of murder. Okay. And but what I couldn't find out is if it was like premeditated or second degree or or what it was. But she only got ten. She years. got ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So which seems to me a little on the light side for that type of and infraction. Uh, yeah. So. And I have thoughts about that as well. Um. But we'll wait until we get down down the line on that. Um. Goes to sentencing. At sentencing, the brother of 
Botham Jean, Brant Jean, then has a impact statement that right. he's able to give where we, and we don't I don't believe we get the entire statement, but a lot of what he says is that he forgives her and encourage her encourages her to actually accept Jesus. Well, let's so we're going to play that. Yeah, we have that clip. So we're going to roll that here. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do and the best would be give your life to Christ I'm not going to say anything else I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do again I love you as a person, and I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. People haven't seen that before you know we just wanted to go ahead and take the two minutes to, to play the clip and um she's obviously very very broken up and and touched by his extension of forgiveness so social media then immediately immediately blew up yeah because this video went viral pretty quickly yes and in the beginning the comments that i saw were Oh wow, what a wonderful act of genuine Christianity. You know, genuine Christ-like look at the power of love, look at the power of Christ and forgiveness and obedience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But not too soon after that, there came a barrage of everything else from <sighs> this is white tears, um 
don't just because, you know, one person extends forgiveness. Don't think we all extend forgiveness, everything. So I'm going to actually, I've, I've, I've captured a few of those things just so that we can kind of highlight that and look at what is being said or what has been said. But the goal of this is really to look at what is the Christian's role in forgiveness and how do we step forward in discussions of race and forgiveness? Yeah. And I think maybe before we even look at all that, what's coming to me, what's been helpful to me this week as you and I have talked, because we we should probably say we did two. There was so much content for this show. We recorded two other episodes yes. last night. We were up until yes. like 10 o'clock. Yeah. So one of them I just posted on YouTube a few hours ago. Okay. Um, but, Which one? Uh, the one where we go over the Washington Post. Okay. And opinion, we'll hit, hit on that a little piece. bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But what was really helpful to me in that, and I would really like you to take a minute to explain this, is that the role of forgiveness in race conversations. Like, why is this such a hot button issue? Because me as a, a white person, I just look at forgiveness as, well, that's just biblical, that's just Christian that's a fairly neutral topic, but for black people, there is for some black people, there's been kind of the expectation of forgiveness historically of maybe explaining the concept historically of white innocence and black guilt. I think that was one of the more helpful parts of the video that we shot last night. Yes. So there it is. Faith, race, and forgiveness is what we did last night. Yes. So. so what we what we briefly hit on because of the article that we're reading through is the idea of white innocence, especially looking back to Jim Crow days and things like that, where a black person may be, especially a black man, could be accused of looking at a woman or touching a woman or walking across someone's path, be it true or not. And it was automatically assumed that the white person was telling the truth. It was automatically assumed that they were innocent. That automatically assumed the black person's guilt. I think within culture, we're also taught, according to Christianity, that we need to forgive. Forgive those who do you wrong. Forgive those who um, trespass against you. Like, forgive, forgive, forgive. And so there becomes this expectation that we are going to forgive. No matter what is done to us, we're going to forgive. You see this? Us being Blacks. blacks. Mm -hmm. You see this in the situation with, like, the Charleston Nine how many people would get up on the stand or some and say, you know, I forgive you. It, I think some people look at it as if we must, we just need to forgive. And I think and when you watch the episode or the video that we did, it'll, it might fit in a little bit more context, Yeah. but there is, I think an idea among blacks that we will, Forgive, And so a but, lot of the outrage has been, don't think that just because I'm black, I'm going to forgive. Well, and I think that's the critical part that I want to make sure that people understand is that in the black community, it seems like if I'm understanding you correctly, there's an expect there's there's kind of almost uh, they've reached a, a moment of where some of some black people feel like we have forgiven enough already. Mm-hmm. We don't want to forgive anymore because 
we don't see repentance on the other side. Yes. We don't see change. Yes. We don't see a change of mind, a change of behavior. So we aren't going to keep extending forgiveness anymore. Yes. Until we see certain changes. Mm-hmm. And that there has been historically kind of a cultural position or posture among many blacks of forgive, 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 forgive. And I, do I, am I yes, explaining and I, I, this well? Yes. And I also think that you see this, especially in the old days, you know, if something were to happen and you were confronted or um, like being a child and it's you and your parent and you're confronted with by a white person, your parent, please apologize. You know, tell them, tell the man you're sorry. So there is that that just, I think, comes down with the baggage and with all of the history of it all. And so I think a lot of people are speaking to that. Like, don't just assume that we're going to continue to offer you our black forgiveness, which is a term that has, I think, over the last. 48 hours really become we might popular. Need to, we might need to add this to the glossary. Yes. Yeah. And I saw that on Twitter. Someone actually was um, being a bit funny, but saying like, hey, I probably need to add this to my glossary, Black forgiveness. I don't really know that that's not a, you know, a bad idea. What is Black forgiveness? What does that mean? So just to set that context, because I think that what caught many people off guard that I interacted with who are white We're like, hey, look at this wonderful, virtuous Christian act of forgiveness that happened. Why are some Black people so upset about this? And it it just didn't make any sense to them. So I I wanted you to kind of unpack that a little bit because I think that was helpful to me when when you sort of sat me down and explained what that was. So I don't know. I, I might be the only one in the room that... Think found that helpful, but for me, it was. I just think so, there's a little bit of history regarding yeah. forgiveness among us, like our yeah. community and things like that, and and on the larger scale as well. Yeah. Um, I think, and I don't know that I see this so much today, but maybe I am blind or just not really looking. Some people could say both, but that there was at some point in in history an expectation that you will apologize to me. Yeah. You will, you know, or you will be punished. Mm-hmm. And so there there's just that almost proclivity to to either apologize or to extend forgiveness and things like that. Um, All right. So let's get into it here. Yeah. So All the right. first the first Twitter post is from a guy named Ricky Smiley. And re- I have just Is he like a Hollywood person? He is not that one. I have um I have known about Ricky Smiley, I want to say for, for years he's been around. Um, I believe he's a comedian. I don't know. I just always see Ricky Smiley. I always hear his name. All right. Um, so here's his Twitter. But his Twitter post says, stop forgiving your oppressors. Wake up. That woman was racist to the core. And now there was no. some evidence that was presented in the trial of some... some um, uh, text messages mm-hmm. between her and her boyfriend who was actually married. Mm. Um, you know, this woman wasn't going to get Sunday school teacher of the year. Yeah. She, she, she was a woman with a lot of issues and she was having an affair with a married man. And um, there were some, some text messages 
that did seem to indicate she had some rather negative views of people of color. Yes. That's on the, the, the most positive end of the spectrum, possibly racist. Um, so to put some context to, to this, this so comment here. Wake, stop forgiving your oppressors. Wake up. That woman was racist to the core. Now, I don't know where Ricky believe where his, his faith lies. So, you know, if that's his worldview, if that's where he comes from, then at that point, I have to kind of separate myself and say, you know what, I'm going to pray for him. And, you know, I pray that at some point he will understand someone in his life. Yeah. will say something about what what forgiveness does look like and why we must forgive. What I was encouraged by was um, go to the next one, please. Was how people responded. Matthew 6, 14 says the exact opposite. Come on, dog. We upset, but we can't be Christians when it's convenient. I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, was that, a person of color who... We, so we did block out right. their names and faces, but these are people of color. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, the next one says, right, God tells us to forgive. Society says, don't forgive. That's why ex-offenders have such a hard time when they come when they come home. That's That family is truly showing forgiveness. We are to be more like Christ every day of our lives, not just when we feel like it. I know I need to step up. I, I love both of those responses and and you know i don't wish mr smiley Smiley any ill you know i i hope he has some people in his life that are he's in conversation with about about these issues but i can understand you know from his perspective the the anger of Bo was in his apartment he had a legitimate job he was an accountant he was minding his own business he wasn't doing anything shady. He was sitting in his apartment eating ice cream. Like you can't even be a black man doing the right thing. He was a worship leader in his Mm -hmm. church. He was a devout Christian. His neighbors reported hearing him sing worship songs regularly from his apartment. You can't be a black man in America and even be safe in your own apartment eating ice cream. And that is kind of the mindset that Mr. Smiley is Mm-hmm. coming from i can imagine yes the outrage yes and the 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 difficult emotions and and feeling like this police officer didn't get the right sentence you know it wasn't long enough mm-hmm. and but yet the the reaction here of stop forgiving your oppressors that's a very kind of critical race theory idea well, it is, and we will hit on that a bit more. The idea that white people are the oppressor is definitely critical theory, critical race theory, yeah. in that people of color are oppressed and we are oppressed by by whites. Do you and, think do you think racists deserve forgiveness? Do I for, deserve forgiveness? I think, do, do any of us deserve Do any of us deserve forgiveness? I can't. My sin isn't. I, I just say sin is sin is sin. And it might look different and it might have different scopes and different um, different sentences, I guess. But, you know, like I can't say that a racist wouldn't deserve forgiveness yeah. if he or she had really changed their mind yeah. and their heart. Um, Our friend Juwad has a quick uh, uh, comment here. He says, to be honest with you, I think she, meaning the police officer, deserves to be jailed way more than 10 years 
I cannot overlook her horrible crime. This is my candid opinion without varnishing. By the way, I am white. Um, I understand, Juad. I, I think I share that sentiment. I think 10 years is not enough for uh, one of our viewers. Says she thinks that Ricky that, Smiley does have a radio show. Yeah, yeah that um, mm. that the officer is convicted of second degree murder. Mm. And but even so, I think 10 years is pretty on the light side. Um if now, if the evidence said that it was a mistake, then, you know, my question is, is why wasn't it brought up on a charge of manslaughter? I don't know. We're not here to parse out the trial. Mm -hmm. If it was manslaughter, 10 years seems about right. Yeah. If it was if it was second degree murder, I don't know. 10 years doesn't seem quite right. But so much of that stuff is about discretion. And, yeah. and so it's hard to parse all that out. But um, it's Look, it's a tough issue. For sure. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. Because this one was, I feel like there's just degrees of getting worse. All right. Now we have Bishop Talbert Swan. Now I'm assuming, I'm making an assumption here that Bishop is not his first name. No, that he's a, a bishop. It's a title. Yeah. 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 It says, you've witnessed black forgiveness for 400 years in America. We haven't witnessed white folks turning from racist hatred and violence against black bodies. So there's no need to forgive. This goes, though, to what you were saying earlier, earlier about the importance of the historical context mm -hmm. of what black forgiveness is and that without repentance, some black people are saying it's enough forgiveness already. Mm -hmm. And you know? that's that's where I see what this is coming from. Yes. Yes. Now, I as a black woman, I do take issue with the idea of black forgiveness um, I can understand where people are coming from. I understand the historic concept and what that means and how it has um, played itself out over, you know, years and years and years. And yet I don't see forgiveness anywhere biblically a tie, um, tied to a race or ethnicity. Forgiveness is forgiveness. And there will be many times when we will be called on to forgive for heinous crimes or for things that are completely unjust. And I may feel like, no, I you don't get my forgiveness for that one, you know, but that isn't what God has called us to as Christians. And so let's see what the, the responses have been. Yeah. Replying to Talbert Swan, my favorite part of the Bible is when Jesus told his disciples to make sure they carry hatred and resentment in their hearts and that forgiveness is for slaves and forgiving others made them sellouts. Keep it up. You're doing great. So a little sarcasm there. Um, yeah. But I do appreciate that. And again, this was a person of color. Yes, these are all people of color. Who who made this response, mm -hmm. which is a, I, it, the sarcasm, I think, is a little sharp, but I think it's a good response. To, I think it's important to yeah. note that this isn't a black and white thing. Yeah. These are people who are making posts about not forgiving and, you know, making sure that you stay in your lane of either resentment or bitterness and anger and all of these. And things. some of them are saying, stay in your resentment lane in Jesus name. Yes. Yeah. And yet other people are coming and saying, hey, no, that's not the way of our rabbi. Um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that 
what this shows, and we'll talk more about critical race theory in a minute, but that critical race theory is also divisive among people who are the same color. This isn't just pitting white against black. It is pitting black against black, white against white. I've seen white people make tweets and responses that, Yeah, you that know, was actually the next one on our yeah, list here. Is, that that say like, yeah. you know, dear white people, why are, why are you so eager to accept this, this forgiveness? And, um, you know, black people don't offer your forgiveness so quickly. So it, it's really, it's really charging up everything and it's not falling the way that I think I've personally seen a lot of things regarding race fall um, recently. It's, it's separating people who are in the same ethnic camp, so to speak, or yeah. racial camp. Yeah. Um, the next one's... Um, here it is. Now, this is from Karen Carlo, I believe her name is. And it says, Dear white people, about both them jeans, forgiveness, justice, and cheap grace. It's, she a, wrote, blog, it's a blog post. She wrote an entire blog post yeah. about why white people are oppressive to blacks or to people of color and how, as white people, you should not expect black forgiveness and how as black people we really shouldn't be so quick to extend our forgiveness and that 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 in itself the idea of forgiveness can be pretty oppressive we did not want to go over the entire blog post because it is so long and we literally would be here for a very long time um <laughs> it's an hour show folks yes maybe an hour and ten if i get long-winded um but this isn't like I was saying, this isn't just something that is sparking issue between black and white. Um, what are what's going on in the comments? Well, Annette is making a comment. She's kind of taking the position that this officer obviously wouldn't have shot Bo if she had known she was in her wasn't in her own apartment. So, you know, there's some Annette feels persuaded, I think, by the trial evidence that this gal sincerely didn't know that she was in her, not in her own apartment. And then Juad um, makes the, the point, uh, human life is not cheap. Her mistaking his apartment for hers is not very convincing. And so I think this is a good representation of mm -hmm. where Monique and I kind of fell. You yes. know, it was like, I was sort of on the position of, well, after reading through the 911 transcript um i feel pretty like there's a compelling case there that i think she genuinely didn't know she was in the wrong apartment monique on the other hand was Calls not as persuaded about I that don't. at all and, and i think that that so, also brings up something else that we see in the media and um in some of in some of the posts which we talked about was the benefit of the doubt and even how quickly whites will be to say, you know, maybe, maybe there's another, maybe there's another reason, yeah. but you don't see that so much when it's a person of color who's been convicted of something or accused of something, should I say? And so I think there's, there's a lot of that emotion and mixedness or mixed, mixed feeling that's even coming out among our Christian brothers and sisters who are like, hey, like I got for I understand forgiveness, 
But there's also this here's piece this thing of we like, gotta look at. Like, let, can we just sit down and have a family meeting? You know, and let's talk about you want to give her the benefit of the doubt. But when this person was on trial, everybody was like, hey, your boy, he didn't really messed up. There was not a lot of benefit of the doubt going on there. And so for me, I wanted like when when we talked, I was like, hey, this is a possibility. This is something that I see. And we as close as two peas in a pod, you know, so if, if you're not aware of it, I wonder how many other people aren't aware of it. The same way you highlight things for me that I do that I'm like, well, dang, I didn't know I was really doing that, yeah. you know? But this goes to the the second video that we shot last night, which is the video that we intended to do for this show, which is the 21, 23 reasons why people just don't want to talk about race. Because it gets messy. It gets messy. And that was one of them is this whole thing about who gets the benefit of the doubt? Yes. And you can get in an argument with somebody real quick mm-hmm. and get your blood pressure going mm-hmm. and say a lot of like really sharp things and act non-graciously depending on who it is in the equation that you're going to give the benefit of the doubt to. Yes. And that leads to division. And so we sometimes we have to kind of check ourselves that, all right, we're going down a non-productive path here. How mm-hmm. can we turn this around and stay walking in charity with, with each other and yeah. def- deference? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, good, good, good conversation there. Cause that allowed us to highlight things. Why do you think she shot him then? <laughs> that was, that was my that, question. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I don't know that that's, and that was my answer to Krista too. I don't know that that's for me to speculate on. I know that she did shooting. I know that she was at the wrong apartment and I can go, I, my imagination can go down many, many paths. I don't know that that is, I, and again, that's just my own stance. She could be, she, it could have been, maybe he was a noisy neighbor. I think you brought that up and, or a nuisance and she had had enough. Maybe she was a little tipsy and came home and you know, I, I have no idea why she did what yeah. she did. All I know is if I wanted to be real, I would say, you know what? I opened this door. It don't look like my apartment. It don't smell like my apartment. Well, and there was some evidence that the welcome mat was different. Like, what if she's a police officer, why didn't she notice that? There was some conflicting reports early on about, was the door locked? Was the door ajar? The story sort of changed. And this is why so, I can't. Like, this to me, this is why I can't enter into that space of, like, well, I wonder why she did it because it would literally take me down so many paths. To me, what is important is what um, Mr. Jean's brother did. Brandt, yeah. Yeah, in offering the forgiveness. Like, if even in the mistake, intentional, premeditated, however you want to look at it, how do we respond as Christians to things that are done to us that may be heinous, hurtful, despicable, whatever you want to call it? So Rhyme His Songs uh, lives in the Dallas area. She's, she or he has been following the case for a year. Uh, they say, uh, we are not hearing all the facts of this case. Not, it's not a black or wh- on white crime, a white on black crime the media and the DA have made it so hmm. Dallas DA is corrupt to the court. So there, and again, we're not here to See? parse the trial. We're trying to focus on the big picture of even in the messiness, even in the injustice, 
and the limitations of the human system, even when we fall short, God's solution, the kingdom of God comes near. Mm-hmm. And here's what the kingdom of God tells us to do yes. and compels us to do is forgiveness. So we're not here to parse out the trial or because what happened. We can't. We can't. We don't the know only the... two people who even can yeah. would be the victim and, and the murderer. Yeah. Those are the, like, I mean, even if they had all the pieces and everything together, maybe an eyewitness from somebody else, if there was one. Yeah. I don't know. I just know that that's not in my heart. Um, and so we do. just, we just want to, we don't want to do what our culture is doing and get derailed by all of this because the big picture thing, and this is what Monique and I have had so many conversations about is human systems will fail. We live in a fallen world. There's a spectrum of failure. Yes. There's countries like when you were in South Africa and you had difficulties and threats against you going to the police was of no value. Yes. And you knew that there was going to be no action taking place. And then there's other countries where going to the police will offer you some level of protection. Other countries will offer you even more protection. There's various places on the spectrum of justice and injustice and everything in between. But no matter where you live on that spectrum. You live in a fallen world. You live in a fallen world. It's not going to be perfect. But when the kingdom of God comes near, here's what he tells you to do. Mm-hmm. That when you live in a fallen world, when you live in an unjust space, when you live in a place where Christians in the first century got burned at the stake, beheaded, boiled in oil, um, thrown to the lions, their job was forgiveness. Their job was to bring the kingdom of God near that's what we are up to. Yeah. And that, and so I think we're trying to keep the main thing, the main thing in, in this conversation. So, all right, let's go on to the, the next thing here. Yes. Nope. Nope. Okay. So no one should mistake black forgiveness whenever and if ever it is offered for complacency with racial injustice. No one should assume that a public act of mercy on one part of a bl- on one on the I'm sorry on the part of one black person eclipses the demands for change from an entire community. Now we should probably mention who this person is. This is I believe it's Dr. Jamar Tisby. Yeah. Um, and he is a public. He's, 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 he's a, a, theologian. a theologian. He's reformed. Um, yeah. Yes, he has um, a podcast. It yeah. is called Pass the Mic. And um, yeah, he does a lot of, a lot of, um, not black theology, but um, theology for African-Americans. And it does have, or it not even a critical race theory slant. It is, in my opinion, critical race theory yeah. um, as a foundation. And so, um, again, I, I take issue with um, black forgiveness, but that's neither here nor there. But um Whenever and if ever it is offered, again, as Christians, I don't know if it is a whenever and if ever. I believe that we are commanded to forgive. Like It's not an is, optional it's, thing. It's not an option. Um, 
for Christians. No. Yeah. For Christians. Yeah. Um, And it shouldn't be, let's see, with complacency for complacency with racial injustice. No one should assume that a public act of mercy on the part of one black person eclipses the demands for change from an entire community. I, I also I wonder, like, can we have both? Yeah, can we can de- we can, can we decouple that? Can we have forgiveness and the pursuit of justice? Like, can we have both? And justice is a hotbed word. So what exactly are we looking to pursue? But can forgiveness live? And we also understand that there is a lot of work to be done that we could do better. I mean, we've made a ton of progress in our justice system to make things more fair and equitable, but we still have more work to do. Yes. And so like, let's acknowledge that reality and still at the same time, look at the, the virtue of that radical level of forgiveness. Like why, why do these have to be hooked together? Can we separate these things out a little bit instead of saying, well, Forgiveness shouldn't be expected um, until there's changes in the justice system. Well, I'm not sure that those things are hooked together. I'm not sure that that's the call that Christ has given to us. Yeah. Um, What's the next one? Yes. No, no, this one. Oh, this is the the title of... um, his Tisby's yeah. op-ed in the Washington Post. It says, white Christians do not cheapen the hug and message of forgiveness from Botham Jean's brother. And when he says do not cheapen it, it means like, don't, don't make it less than what it really is. Yeah. Like, it is not, we are not saying that reconciliation has finally occurred because, you know, he gave him a hug. Make sure that you understand that we still pissed, basically. And we did a whole video about this. I don't know that... if I can say pissed on the air. Sorry, friends. <laughs> but we did. We did a whole video just on this. And it's and... on YouTube now so people can go find that where we just went in depth. We did a deep dive into that um, piece. Yeah, it's that. And the Jam- Jamar Tisby piece. So that people can go check that out on, on YouTube mm-hmm. and, and find that where we really go into a lot more detail on this. Yeah. Okay. Go to the next one, please. Um, the Bront Jean forgiveness ordeal has made at least one thing blatantly obvious. The social justice crowd hates seeing someone express the forgiveness God has called them to show to their enemies. Yes, that is, that's one of the ways that I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning right now that, um, Social justice, again, and we've we've said this before. There, there's a way of thinking that comes with embracing critical race theory, and when you're outside of those lines, there it stirs up a lot. Um, go to the next one, please. This is the one I really want to spend time in. Is In a polarized time, we pit forgiveness against justice. We need both, and there is no logical order. Sometimes justice precedes forgiveness. Other times, forgiveness can wake up in justice. Again, that kind of just leads me to the idea of there are injustices in the world, like, and there are injustices is something that is happening or in America. 
And that does not mean that we cannot extend forgiveness. As Christians, we must extend forgiveness. We cannot live in, in, in a, a realm of unforgiveness. Or forgiveness is optional. Yes. If you see enough repentance, well, then I'll forgive. Yes. Yeah. Because that's not how I see Christ extending forgiveness toward me. Yeah. If, if it was like a, you know, Monique, if you were to do X, Y, and Z, and you show me for the next 30 days that you're truly repentant, then I'll, I will grant you forgiveness. That's not what he does. Instead, while I'm still doing my mess, he comes to me and offers me forgiveness. And he did all the work on the cross so that, reconciliation could be possible. Yes. Before we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to clean up ourselves first, to uh, start using the right words, to repent enough before he did what was necessary for us to have relationship with the Holy God. But then one of the things that um, that last post reminded me of too, is that Forgiveness seems like it is or it can be in direct opposition against critical race theory. How what is the Christian and these are going to start to be questions for you now. um, But what is the Christian responsibility versus the social accountability? You know, how do we as Christians pursue unity and forgiveness Um, And is that something that we need to be striving toward? When I hear um, a lot of the people that we've mentioned here, um, Talbert, Swan, and Tisby, um, and there there were tons more. Like I have, you know, tons and tons. We only put up a few screenshots, but tons of people who are saying, you know, forgiveness is not optional. Forgiveness should not be extended Um, this is not, this isn't the way that we should live. And they're Christians. I have, I have one from a pastor who was like, if you weren't for, um, if you weren't for Mr. Gene, you know, during the trial, but now you're for him because of a hug, you weren't really for him at all. Well, I don't know that that's true or that all white people are now wanting to celebrate, you know, this big unity when, when there was no no mention of this situation before. Yeah. It just, it gets sticky. And what I see is that people who are embracing critical race theory are the ones who are saying that we can extend forgiveness. And my question to someone out there is how are we, how are we following in the footsteps of Christ and not offering forgiveness. How do you claim that social justice is the gospel and yet forgiveness is not possible? Yeah, there's so many questions there. I think one of the things I want to point out is that, um, first of all, I want to talk about this issue of social justice a little bit. We've, we've covered it on the show before, but I feel like it's important to point out that evangelicals sometimes are highly selective um, about what things under the justice banner that they want to pursue. Um, We're okay. Many evangelicals are okay going down a path of saying abortion is wrong and advocating for laws to help preserve life. Um, We're, we're, 
advocates for how can we um, do things to help children in foster care. Many Christian families are stepping up to provide homes and adoption for children in foster care. So there are some things that evangelicals feel more comfortable with when it comes to, quote unquote, social justice. But then there's other things that I think when we start talking about race, people lose their minds really quick. And they're like, well, well, we don't need to talk about that. We shouldn't talk about that. And I'm thinking, you, you have persuaded me on this point that evangelicals do have a tendency to be highly selective about what conversations about justice they're willing to have, about what happens in the public square, and what conversations they're not willing to have mm -hmm. about what happens in the public square. I think it's a fair point to say we need to have some conversations about certain justice issues related to um, equitable sen sentencing. We need to have some conversations about equitable treatment in the prison system. We need to have some conversations about... Um, equitable treatment in certain other spheres where we could do better. Okay. But because of the hot button of race issues, our tendency as white evangelicals, and I want to make it very clear of what you and I are standing for on this show mm -hmm. is we are not advocating the position that all racism has been eradicated. Oh, no. We are not even advocating the position that all systems of racism have been eradicated. Mm -hmm. We would say that we have made great progress to eliminate many systems, but we have more work to do, and we need to have more conversations about that. So we need to be careful when we're distancing ourselves from advocates of critical race theory to not simultaneously distance ourselves from very needed conversations about racist systems that still produce racist outcomes that, that we, we still need to have those conversations. I agree completely. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, I don't see critical race theory as a Christian worldview, but the information and the issues that it highlights are highly important. Yeah. So I think that's the first thing I want to say about social justice is that um, what happens in the public square is an important conversation. It really and, is. And Christians do want to weigh in on those topics. We are not advocating a position that Christians have should have no nothing to do with the public square and have nothing to do with transforming culture or to protect the innocent. But if we're going to protect the innocent and advocate for the innocent when it comes to abortion, shouldn't we also advocate for the innocent if there are, in fact, validated, well-established, well-researched, peer-reviewed um, 
data yeah. that can show things like inequitable prison sentences, in inequality in terms of how some people are being treated in some systems. Um, I think it's a fair point yes. that, that we need to be very clear about. Um, and I want to encourage everyone to practice being gracious in the chat box. This is your opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, girl, you bringing it down. You bringing it home. If I was in the black church, I'd have my fan. I'd just like, hey. And there would be a funeral yes, ad on the back. There would be a funeral ad on the back. There I learned that when I went and visited black church with Monique. They all have funeral ads on the back. That is true. I need a fan. Yes. Uh, but I think that um, maybe maybe Bob can find a gift. Um, I'm but, sorry. I'm just keep going because I'm reading through yeah, a lot of this. A lot of the comments. So. I, th I think the other point I want to make about forgiveness is I want to kind of, again, decouple these ideas that we can have those conversations about justice and talk about individual forgiveness and maybe even corporate forgiveness, uh, that, that we have an obligation as Christians to forgive. Let's look at Matthew chapter six. I think Bob has that graphic. I, I looked that up earlier. For us, Monique's gonna, yeah, you can just pull that to you and if you wanna. Matthew what? Matthew 6. It was one of the graphics I gave yeah. you. There it is. All right, awesome. So pray then like this, and this is from the Lord's Prayer Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For, and I want people to notice verses 14 and 15 because these are in the thought unit of the Lord's Prayer. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Monique and I were in a sermon recently and in church and we were texting back and forth during the sermon. Why? We are those people. We are those people. We are. But it was about the sermon. Yes. Why do you think Jesus says these words about forgiveness immediately after the Lord's prayer? It's almost like he's wanting us to, to draw our attention to the importance of the forgiveness line. Like, don't let this pass you by how important this is. The way I look at it is that as soon as I get up from being with Jesus, somebody going to do something and I'm going to need to forgive. <laughs> as soon as I stop praying. It's like, as soon as I, as soon as I come out the presence, as soon as I'm done talking to the Lord, so because that's the world that we live in. We live in a I fallen need, world. I'm going to, because of the condition of my own heart, it might yeah. not even be something you've done. I just, I need to make sure that my heart is in a posture that is ready to forgive. And I think that this is so important because how often are we at war in our hearts with one another? We get at war in our hearts just in a Twitter battle on social media. We get, we get at war in our hearts just from somebody saying a word to us out on the plaza before the church service. We, we are at war with people. 
And we need to understand that before we start looking at the plank in our neighbor's eye of what we are expecting them to say they're sorry for, what Jesus is saying is, no, 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 no. It starts with you. You go first. It's your move. And we are to be known as being generous people when it comes to forgiveness, to being slow to getting in an offense with people. Why? Because our Heavenly Father has forgiven us. See, when we get in an offense with somebody, really what we're saying is, oh, oops, I forgot what a sinner I am. When, when we are so quick to get in an offense with our spouse, with our friend, with a stranger on the internet, we are telling the father, I forgot that I am a sinner. And I think that is vitally important. Let's look at one more verse and then we'll hit up the chat box if there's anything we need to go there. And that's Matthew 18. Now, this is a passage that comes right after a a passage on um, church discipline. And I think it's interesting that immediately after the passage on church discipline is this parable of the unforgiving servant. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that that is placed there on purpose. It says, then Peter came to him right after the teaching on the church discipline. It says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, 10,000 talents, as an aside, is a, is a, it's an amount of money, but it's, it's, it's not a, a terrible amount of money. It's, okay. it's doable. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and his, no, I, I have it reversed. 10,000 talents is a lot of money. This guy was in debt. And, and um, we need to understand that back then, like if you had a lot of debt, one of the solutions to debt was to go be someone's servant. Like indentured servitude. Indentured in servitude. Yeah. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children, all he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, very small amount of money. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused, and he went and put him in prison until he could pay the debt. He sent him to debtor's prison for owing him a hundred denarii. This is like the modern day, I mean, the old time equivalent of Judge Judy. Yes. <laughs> Took her, like he, he had, he went, he went to bankruptcy court and got forgiveness. And then he went and took his neighbor to small claims court. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, pay me what you owe. And when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt 
because you pleaded with me and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he could pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is a, these are hard words, but it echoes those two verses right after the Lord's prayer. When we pray in the Lord's prayer, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. The forgiveness is required. Mm -hmm. If you are going to follow in the way of your rabbi, if you're going to call yourself a disciple of Jesus and you expect the father's forgiveness, then you have to be working toward forgiveness. Now, I'm not going to say that sometimes that's not instant. Sometimes that takes time. Sometimes that injury is deep. Sometimes the injury is many generations. But at some point, you are going to have to forgive or be working toward that, asking the Lord, help me, help me to forgive, change my heart so that I want to forgive from my will. Yeah. That is is the Christian way. Yes. This is what we must be doing. But if we are constantly at war in our hearts against one another, and let me tell you why you're wrong. Let me defend my position. I'm going to plant my flag. You're wrong. I'm at war with you. We will never be able to follow in the way of our rabbi. And we will never be able to display unity to a world that really needs hope and unity. It's a good word. Yeah. Good word. The, the chat box is going it on. It is going. Yes, it is. Um, Rhyme His Song says, local congregation is equally mixed, racist. It, she could be replying or he could be replying to something else. Um, pastor is white and likes to talk political. Such division and loss of my church friends over political race issues need this show. Please share. Please share. I was just writing that. Um, <laughs> hit, hit that share button. Hit that share button. Yeah, because this I, everyone's going to see all my Snoopy stickers on my that's laptop. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Everybody needs a little Charlie Brown in their life. Um, Get that off. Camera. Yeah, I think I think the yeah I'm, I'm trying to figure out what was my bottom line in all of this i think it there's been unity. so much pain. unity yeah yeah there's been so much pain when i look at the pain of the victim and his family you know it then you look at the pain that the murderer was in before um before this even happened i think you know for you to be having an affair or to have such hurtful and racist, if you want to call them that, views toward people of color. There has to be stuff going on. Her family is losing someone. Um, Then you look at what that has done to, you know, people in our country, how, you know, if a hug and forgiveness can spark such anger and animosity and division, there's a lot going on. And I, I believe that you're right when you say you know, we pick and choose when we're going to talk in the public square. And if there's ever a time for us to pick and choose when we're going to talk in the public square, it should be now. 
It should be, hey, let's raise our voice and talk about these things as well, because this is what the culture is talking about. As Christians, we can't live two steps behind the culture. And that's not a down on the church. It's not a diss or anything like that. It's just more of an encouragement to say, hey, let's really make sure that we're using our voice to say we need forgiveness And yes, we also need justice or we also need to make sure that things are equitable. We need to make sure that certain people aren't going to to jail for longer terms than other people. For the same crime. For the same crime. We talked about, and I in no way need to get deep on this one, but there was a black guy who killed a police officer dog. I, I believe it was intentional. He got 45 years. For killing a dog. For killing a dog. And you can say what was law. And I I mean, I personally feel like, you know, if you kill law enforcement, there should be different, you know, standards and things like sentencing. Yeah. Um, Just because of the the job that they're doing and their responsibility in society. But it was a I mean, it's a dog. And she got 10 years for a life that she was committed to serve and protect. And this guy got 45 years. Something about that seems off to me now. I will admit, I don't know all the story. I don't know, you know, all of these things. But this was a young black guy who got 45 years for a dog. And we have to understand, I think that it's important to understand that those are the kinds of examples that leave many black people feeling disenfranchised from the mainstream. And I think it's hard in the legal system because there are so many complexities to it. And I'm being told to move. Oh, sorry. I'm just all up in everybody's shot. Sorry, friends. I just, um, you know, let me, let me try to finish here. So I think the point though, that I'm trying to make is that the, the importance of understanding and having an appreciation for the black community and what they go through, the questions they have, but the legal system is complicated. It's complex. Many of these sentences are at the discretion of judges. And, but we, we need to find a way to have these conversations without screaming at each other mm-hmm. and immediately getting our back up. We, we need to have some, at least some discussions about data and what's happening in our culture, because otherwise social media just blows up and, you, it's so polarizing. People just take sides so quickly. So mm-hmm. anyways, are we? Ju- uh, that was me, Juwad, who wrote that. Um, he said, you brought up an important point, Monique. I am not a Christian, but as a human, I think the most precious thing we have in common as humans is that we all value the, hu- the human life. Let's start from, that, from this point. Um, as a Christian, I would say that all life um, is created in the image of God and we, that we all, all human life, all human life yes, yes. <laughs> is created in the image of God. Thank you. And that we all have dignity, value and worth. And yes, we should be starting from that point. And so forgiveness is one of those ways that we offer respect and dignity to others, even when we may disagree, even when we may be hurting inside. Yeah. Um, and Juwad, yeah. we're glad you're here. We're really glad for your for your voice. And thank you for uh, showing up for that conversation tonight. Yeah. Um, gosh. So there this 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 has been a lot. Um 
I, I guess one, the thing that I'm stuck with is just our voice. Like, how do we lift up our voice and and use it in the public square, so to speak, to be able to, I'm, to yeah. really... I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because I think that's a good way to sort of end this conversation is let's be circumspect about how we're showing up for public conversations. Yeah. Non-Christians are always watching. Uh, people who are different than us are, are watching and they're watching our words. And, you know, how are we displaying the, the obedience that Christ wants us to put forward? Mm-hmm. forward. I'm so grateful for Brant Jean's example. Yeah. And leading the way mm-hmm. in this. And and I hope that he doesn't become discouraged given how politicized his his well-intentioned gesture was. But if there was someone who needed Jesus, I think that that gal, that officer, sh- she needed the gospel. And at the end of the day, that was her most important need. And I think he identified that. And I think let's continue to try to keep the main thing, the main thing and bring the kingdom of God near more than trying to win arguments, more than trying to be right. Um, Let's try to be humble. Yeah. And, think about the possibility I might be wrong. Maybe there's some things I don't know. Mm-hmm. How do we reflect that attitude and that posture on social media? How do we ask questions? How do we ask for, for, for feedback? Yeah. Maybe we need to even ask for forgiveness yep. to people that we're connected with on social media. So well, anyways, yeah. did, did we land it in a good place for you? I hope so. I don't think that this is landed. I don't think that this is something that we just, you know, put a period on. It's kind of like a comma or maybe a semicolon, um, because I think that this is something to pick up again. I think that um, that this is a good place to to put a pause. Okay. I think that we will address it again, that there's so much more. And people can address. check out our other two videos mm-hmm. that we recorded last night. The uh, one about Jamar Tisby's. Washington Post editorial mm-hmm. is now up on YouTube and yeah. people can catch that just to sort of extend this conversation. And then later in the week, I'll post the uh, 23 reasons no one wants to talk about race video. Yeah, I think that one's good. Yeah. Um, but so that one's up right now is the yeah. faith, race and forgiveness. Or not All even right. but, but we we got one more thing. And moving on. Yes. Let's say that. All right. The well, tweet of the week. Oh, my gosh. The tweet of the we, week. It wouldn't be a show without... It wouldn't. The tweet of the week. And here it is. Oh! The tweet of the week. We're back to the original. Okay. It's going old school. Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. So the tweet of the week is actually something that, um... You picked. Yeah. Yes. I picked and sent it over to you. I'm surprised that we, you know, got this one. I'm excited. I hope I got the right one here. Yes! Yes! So the Evolving Faith Conference uh, is coming. Here's what I love about Evolving Faith Conference this year. We've got a, I don't know what B-I-P-O-C means. Uh, I'm sure you're going to enlighten me. POC is people of color. I know. Um, I wasn't sure what the B-I was either, and I forgot to actually look it up. All right. But Mixed Mixed Lounge. Mixed Lounge, so that we can 
rest, breathe, and decolonize all the things. Conferences, no matter who you are, take note. This needs to happen more often. Evolving Faith 19. Now, um, first of all, let me say what the Evolving Faith Conference is. It is a conference for Christians who are going through what is now called the deconstruction of their faith. And they have somehow become disenfranchised with their faith. They're deconstructing their faith. And some of them are reconstructing their faith in a way that they feel like they can go forward and live with. But this is really a progressive Christian conference. And people like Jen Hatmaker, um, Sarah Held Evans was to be a keynote there. She passed away a few months ago, very unexpectedly. Um, but it is a conference basically for people who are trying to decide, do I really want to be a Christian anymore? And many of them will probably, some percentage of them will probably not be Christians or call themselves Christians after that. Some will reconstruct some aspect of their faith. You can go to uh, uh, my friend Elisa Childers podcast. She did a great one last week on this whole concept of deconstructing your faith. So if you want to know more about that. So that's what the Evolving Faith Conference is. Now you tell me about a room for people of color. I'm stuck on deconstructing, reconstructing my faith. This sounds like a Lego set. <laughs> it's sort of but, um, it is. There yeah. it is. Okay, so when I saw this, I was like, are they serious? Um, I just, I feel like when we come together as the body of Christ, we should come together as the body and in unity. And so to me, this, for a couple of reasons, makes me think of like, almost separate, but equal, <laughs> like everybody can come to the conference, but we're going to be separate. And this is the room for the people of color. I feel like if it was not something that someone of color thought up or made up and it was a white person who made it up, everybody would be pissed. They'd be like, what? No, you trying to, to the, no, you got the little arrow for me. What? Really? I got to go in the no. special room. Yeah, really? No. So I was just like, no, like that's not okay. But even if you feel like, man, it's a lot of white people here. I need to, you know, when we come together as the body, we're called the body for a reason. We're called brothers and sisters for a reason. Sometimes we need to sit down and have a family meeting. And if we need to sit down and have a family meeting, we need to do that. But to say this space, to me, what that sign says is that inherently because there are white people here. This space is unsafe or this space is violent or this space is whatever you want to fill in. Colonized. That yes. Whatever you want to fill it in with. And I just don't know that that's true. I don't know that I believe that. I don't believe that that is what God says about us. Um, when we come together, like, I'm just, what? who thought about that? Like, it must be really, really? hard for you living with a white family. You're going to rest from white people. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't even know how that would work for you. I don't know. I, let me close my door. I don't <laughs> I don't know. But I just to me on a serious note, I feel like this is just divisive and yeah. it brings more separation than unity. And how do we explain unity and our stand for unity when we have a room for people of color? Well, Should we I, have rooms for people for white people? So because this and again, like I'm just going to put it out there, like to say that this is a room 
where people of color can breathe and rest. Rest and from white people. Yes, we're resting from white people. So should I have a room where in our conference where you can rest from people of color? Because everywhere you go, I'm going to go, we two peas in a pod. So you're not getting no rest today. I'm just going to put it out there. Like, what, if if white people were to say, you know what, let we, me we go need, here. I need a room. These, these, oh, these black folks is getting on my last good nerve. Let me go and make me a room. Somebody in there is going to lose their mind. I'm just going to put it up. Like, and it might be me because I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> what, what? what do you mean I can't go in there? You can't know it. Yeah. And that would be a problem. But we don't see it as a problem if we do it. So how do we do that? How do... How do we say it's not okay for you to do this, but it's okay for me to do this? But this really is part of the critical race theory paradigm that people of color cannot be racist. It, it's not about what's being said in critical race theory. It's just who's saying it. Mm-hmm. That's what's important in the critical race theory paradigm. It's, 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 it's the origin. It's the who. Who's saying this? then it's either in the good bucket or the bad bucket. And what color is that person? And what do they, you know, what's the, the paradigm that they're believing in? Okay, then they're okay. If they're, if they're not in that, then they're in the oppressor bucket, you know? And it's, it, it, it really kind of grows out of that. And I guess I'm just left wondering, aren't we as Christians supposed to be working toward unity in the sense of we're engaged in a very hard project of how do we as sinful but redeemed people come together and try to bring heaven to earth. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't die just to get us into heaven. He died to get heaven into us so that we could bring heaven and bring the kingdom near for people. That's the main thing. But how do we do that when we're so focused on all of the divisions and what divides us and what keeps us separate and and all of that? That is just very confusing to me. But you know, I'm, don't look at me. I still don't have no answer. <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, I know the devil is a lie. They did not make a special room. And you know, if if you're in the camp of like, hey, sometimes you just need to be with your people. Okay. But maybe that's something that is outside of the church. Maybe that's when you go home and you call your girlfriends over, you call over your guys or whoever your, you know, your oikos is, your your group of people. And y'all want to be like, man, today at work, they was talking about my hair. I don't know why, why people can't get my hair. They always want to touch it. They always got a question, something. Okay. So like, maybe everybody won't understand that. But in church, like... Is is that really the time where we say we're going to come together so that we're separate? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I think that there are differences within the body. My hair is not like your hair. That's, that's an obvious. But that doesn't mean. And I'm allowed mean, to notice that. <laughs> yeah, you are. But that doesn't mean that we become so frustrated with one another that we can't come together in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I everyone, think that's it. That's it. Uh, be sure to check out the show notes every week. If you want to dig deeper into our topics, you can go to the show notes at theology, mom, 
dot com slash all the things. I made a new graphic for us. I like that picture. I was kneeling solo. You guys, in case you don't know, I am like five nine. <laughs> and I am not. She is not. I was ne- I was almost on my knees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to but, get us both in the same frame. Yes. All right. Abby took that picture. So that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and don't forget to help support our family. You can go to our family clothing shop and help support the show and Another way to help support the show is to just hit that share button. If you feel like there's someone you know who needs to hear what we said today, maybe even if you don't want to share it publicly, hit them up in their inbox, send a link for them uh, to the show so that you can help us spread the word, but also help get these resources uh, to people that that really need this conversation. And uh, you can always connect with us. On social media, I'm at Theology Mom everywhere, and you can connect with Monique at the Real Monique D on Twitter. Yes, you can send us an email at attlivestream at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes. And we do want to thank everyone for their support. In fact, we want to thank one supporter in particular who gave us a donation and paid for our live streaming for an entire year. That's awesome. Because our live streaming service does require a monthly fee Mm -hmm. that we have to pay so that it can go to YouTube and go to Facebook. So it's a cost that we have. And so we're super grateful. If if the show is blessing you, please consider making a donation. Um, And don't just consider it because I'm like, you know, I consider doing that. No, (laughs) don't just consider actually move on it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, please support us. We would greatly appreciate it. It'll help with the lights and costs that that are um, associated with doing this every week. Yeah. Um, And don't forget forget to go vote for me. Oh, I'm up to 61 percent. Vote, please vote, vote, vote. You have uh, I think, I don't know, 12 hours or so left. Yeah. To vote for me in the Christian Apologist March Madness over on Twitter. So help me yeah. beat uh, Andy Bannister, whoever he is. I'm sure he's a very fine apologist. Uh, huh? Rhyme his song. Rhyme his songs. Vote. That's right. Yes. That's well, right. Oh my gosh, there's so many. How is that different from colored people? What? I'm sorry, I missed something. I missed something. All right. Um. How it are you, Kimba? Are you saying how is saying people of color different from colored people? Oh, probably. That's a good question. Um, one pe- we're allowed to say, one we're not. Yes. Um, <laughs> Unless you live in Africa, then you pe- could say people of color people. would be a um, any minority group. It could um, be a Latino. It could be it a Latino. Be. Um, it could be or Latinx. Yeah, they're called. Um, it can be a Native American person. It could be. African American person, um, any person um, that would be not not white, and um, yes, they managed. And then colored would be something that would would have been would have been a term maybe from the '60s. I think we were colored uh, or pan colored African, um, yeah. you know, things like that. NAACP. Now, Yes. And I don't know what, because please don't get me started. But now if you're in South Africa or like Namibia or something like that, then being colored is a good thing. It's a whole entire race of people. And when I'm in South Africa, I am colored and I am proudly colored. And when I'm home, I'm not (laughs) like it's because I think people have have kind of deemed that term to be more derogatory. Yeah. 
Um, and people of color is just inclusive of anyone who is not white. Um, and what yeah. else are we missing before? I think that's it. Hey, and we just want to. Like, oh, safe spaces based on race. My goodness, there are so many comments. You know what? I'm as soon as we log off, I'm gonna have to jump in the chat. People, <laughs> y'all don't even get it. I'm I'm just like, yes. Why um while oh she said white, white is not a color. color, it has been decided. You know? Well, according to the US Census Bureau, white is a color. Mm -hmm. And the designation of white is one of the five options, according to the US government. Um, it's just Technically, scientifically, it's just less, uh, what is it, melanin? Yes. We all, we everybody brown, on, you know. We're all level. going back to Adam and Eve. Yes. probably black. <laughs> East so, African. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I have a little bit more melanin popping off than you do. It's okay, though. You're beautiful. Yes. All skin is beautiful. All skin is beautiful. That's right. All skin is beautiful. Do you guys okay. enjoy Monique? Isn't she fabulous? Aren't you? you know, I, I don't know. This show be making me nervous. Y'all don't even understand. I'm like, woo. I said, Monique, it. I have this idea for a little show I'd like to do. You want to co-host it and sit in front of a camera? And she's like, what? Yes. My response <laughs> is not actually allowed on public TV or, you know. Christian television. Christian television. No. But um, this has been extremely... This has been helpful, though. Yeah. I, I'm, I appreciate yeah. your patience in answering our questions and fielding things. And so, Keep okay. the questions coming. We're going to hop off of here and um, and I'm going to go ahead and All hop right. on She's in gonna, here. We're going to get the laptop going. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, we love everybody. you. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch our other two videos. Going to be on YouTube. One's already up there. One's coming in a few days. And as follow-ups to these conversations. All right. I do love Mo and her cute hair and expressions. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm just Thank the old white woman. All right. We love you, everyone. Thanks so much for watching. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.